Y'all, we live in difficult times. There's war, political unrest, the pandemic, poverty, families being torn, communities ripped by gun violence and people dying every day. Police, injustice, it's all bringing so much pain. But y'all, we can look inside our minds and we can understand who we are, become better, and do this thing like we've never done it before. But it all starts with our mental health and I know we can do it. I believe in you because I believe in me and I believe in us. Hello and thank you for joining us again for another episode on trauma. We are caged because of our pain our sadness and our anger. We want to break out of the cage. And in order for us to do this, we have to understand that when we've been traumatized, we have to change our frame of reference so we can see life and things in different ways. Because all that pain, all that suffering, we don't have to live like that. We must learn to live with hope so we can have a better tomorrow. I know somebody out there is hoping for a better tomorrow. I know things might seem crazy right now. We got a war going on. I know there's inflation and all this stuff going on. It seems like nothing's going right. But y'all, it can get better. In this discussion with me and Aisha, we're going to talk a little bit about relationships and trauma and how trauma keeps us caged in ways that impacts our relationships in negative ways. Naisha, what you thinking? What I'm thinking, I got a question for you. I know you usually ask me a question and I answer it, but I got a question. So if we're talking about relationships, right? Mm-hmm. Even though relationships can be a co-worker relationship, mm-hmm. be a relationship with a family member, a neighbor. But I was thinking about a situation where mm-hmm. I worked with an individual who had been sexually abused by a family member, and she ended up giving birth to a baby. Mm. So now her baby is also her, it's complicated, right? So you have like this complex PTSD, and then the baby goes into foster care. The person who raped her goes to prison. Mm. And so it's a complex relationship here because your baby, your child is also your brother, Right. So then if you think about it realistically, when she grows up to be an adult, do you what do you think is like the prognosis of her being able to grow up and have like a husband or even a wife, a significant other and a healthy, nurturing relationship and the probability of her being able to have more children in the future? Mm. It's a very complex situation I explained to you. But what are some ways around that? Like. How do you, is it like, oh my gosh, this is it for her? Or as a counselor, what are some things that you could do to help her be able to heal and treat that complex? Well, you know, I think with someone who has that type of experience, I think it would be important to start early, early in intervention and begin to help them build a life narrative of affirmation and hope. Okay. 
So we're 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 speaking to this story, this narrative that would seem very odd and different, complex, confusing. And so this person, this individual is going to learn the norms of society, them being able to affirm her, her having a therapist or a support system where she gets a lot of they're going to be exposed to that. So obviously the individuals who are raising this person, affirmations around who she is and what she's gone through, normalizing. What I would be careful to do, though, not to do unless it really became an issue, Mm -hmm. is try to automatically put off on her the feeling that she should be traumatized. And the reason why is because she grows up in an environment where she has supportive people and she's being nurtured and cultivating and she's being able to do things and she's esteemed. She may never really associate herself being in a problematic place so much because she had a different type of experience. Now, from society, she's going to get this message at some point. And when she gets this message, depending on how it was, how she was, how should I say it? how she was nurtured throughout the process, she might have some level of emotional resiliency Yes. so that she might be able to work through it without it having too much harm. But if she doesn't get any of that, say people just don't talk about it, we don't talk about it in therapy. Mm-hmm. One day she finds out all this stuff, it's like, boom! I gotcha, okay. So, you know, I think sometimes when, we, when children and individuals have had some traumatic experience experience like that, we have to be able to understand the importance of the drip drop and cultivating an experience in messages that allow them to be affirmed and cultivated as we also tell them their story around these things. But in the end, giving them the possibility of the hope that they can still have a good life. Okay. so They're not condemned. Right. It's about the reactions of others. Being able to nurture her, give her hope, and not make it seem like, oh my gosh, this is just crazy. You know, you don't want to instill that in her. But instilling hope and knowing, like, you are going to be able to grow beyond this. Right. As my shirt say, living beyond your past. Right, right. Exactly. Because if she was in an environment where she was always charged with the crimes of her father, you know, made to feel like every time somebody looked at her, that she was a problem that of course that would just diminish her esteem and that and the story itself would be like twofold Mm -hmm. but at least if we can find a place for her to have some comfort and feel safe and at peace and she get esteemed her talents and abilities and she's cultivated and she's told this story and she understands it's not her fault what somebody else did is not her fault. And I think a lot of times with people that have a complex PTSD, they oftentimes feel that so much of what's going on is their fault. And they're constantly trying to do these things to make everybody all right, to validate everybody, to, to be that friend or to be that. And so, but in, in the end, when things don't go the way they need them to go, then boom, it's like. It crushes them. So that's where we get into in our relationships people pleasing, feeling that you aren't enough and you're constantly trying to overcompensate, right? When you think about relationships with significant others, say for instance, you're going on a date. It's time to pack up the picnic basket and you know like, okay, well, 
I'm excited about this date and I'm in charge here. So I'm packing the picnic basket. I got the bottle of wine. I got our snacks. I got the blanket. But then you're like that level of self-esteem and self-confidence come in. And if it's really low, then we're stuck. We're like, do I have enough in my basket? So we start to overcompensate. And now here we are stuffing extra stuff in a basket. Well, I'm going to put four different types of cheeses, three different types of white wine. I need some red wine. Oh, are they vegan? Oh, let me take the cheese out. It's like, let, I don't know what to pack into this basket anymore because I'm trying to make sure and overcompensate. So this person is happy without it being like an even exchange. I like this, so I'm going to leave it in the basket. They might like this, but so I'm going to have two options versus several, right? right? So in our relationships, understanding that we can overcompensate and people please excessively because right. of our past trauma. Yeah, so yeah, if you had bad relationships with your mom, you've had bad relationships with your dad, or maybe something happened to your parents and maybe you lost them at a young age or something like that. And you felt some, you had some unresolved grief. Like if I would have done this or if I would have done, and they would have been here. And as a result of losing them, now you felt all isolated. Well, when you connect with people, you try so hard yeah. to connect with people. And so now you do all this people pleasing. Mm -hmm. And then when you don't get the reciprocity, now you're upset and disappointed because people didn't come at you the way you came at them. Yeah. And now you're like, Oh, so now it reinforces this issue. Yeah. And Sometimes when people go through that, because this is like the op opposite of that, sometimes people won't people please. They will become so ingrained in just like maybe in a sense trying to take care of themselves and, and not really not know how to receive, know how to receive. Yeah. Okay. And so I oftentimes try to tell people, you got to think about it like this is the reality. So if I am on this end, if I'm that person that struggles mm -hmm. to to give because I'm always focusing on myself because I feel like if I give, I'm going to be hurt. Understand that when your hand is balled up, Ooh when your hand is balled up, it's hard to put something in it. Yes, it is. Your hands got to come open first. <laughs> so in order to have real relationships that actually can grow and get better, we have to be open to giving somebody something because relationships require some type of reciprocity. There's, there's not too much in life that we can expect to happen good without some type of interaction. Most things in our world is cause and effect relationships. Yes. You put a plant over there and don't give it no sunlight and don't give it no water and see what it's going to do. It's not going to grow. It's not going to grow. Yeah, but we can't blame the plant. We can't because we didn't nurture it. We could be like, plant, you won't grow. What's wrong with you? Yeah. So, so you have these people who are the people pleasers who try real hard on the, and the, the, the please other people and they're not aware of them. They become detached from themselves just trying to please other people and they end up not being happy. But on the other end, you have people who become, they become isolated in a way emotionally and they don't really want to do the, the reciprocity thing yeah. and then they don't understand why they don't have relationships that really work because they are so busy being in their closed own off. closed off in their own space mm -hmm. and they may not be aware of it yeah like what well, you know uh, that's tough yeah the awareness the, awareness. the lack of awareness because as human beings we strive for relationships we aren't created to be alone so they want to you know internally they want to connect with other people they want to be in relationships and have friendships but they're like i'm so closed off and i just don't know how when people get close to me it's uncomfortable 
Right. We ask, you know, well, what are you doing to provide people that space to even come into, you know, your space? How are you starting to open up? Are you increasing your eye contact with people? Right. Showing like I'm friendly. Are you smiling? Are you setting aside time to be intentional about your relationships? Say that again. Intentional. 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 Yeah. You have to be <laughs> intentional about your relationships. Oh, you just they go. They're just going to happen because, you know, they are. And so that's when we get into that grandiose kind of stuff. Right. They are. But like, I don't have to do no work to make them actually be good. Yeah. We got to put in the work. Yeah. We got to put in. We got to put in work with relationships. And I think. One of the challenges that in, that people have when they've experienced trauma is hearing the he, communicating. And when I say communicating, I don't mean when I tell you something, you hear what I'm saying. I'm going deeper. Perception. Okay. Listen, y'all, we're going to continue this discussion in our next episode. Don't forget to like and subscribe and add your comments.